Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. We have so much to thank you for. We thank you for this morning. We thank you for this time to gather together as a local body of Christ to worship you, to learn from you in your word this morning. And this is just a precious time that we have together. So thank you, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Take a moment and greet those around you. Today is Mother's Day, and we are so grateful for that. So with that, we have a short little video for you. What you got there? Is that a Mother's Day card? Yep. Mind if I hop over? Yep. Mother's Day. Crazy, isn't it? Yep. Gotta get her flowers. Yep. Gotta get her candy. Mothers love candy. And you gotta call her. Heaven forbid you don't call your mother, you know? I mean, what does the Bible say? No fury like a mother scorned? Yeah. Anywho, I just don't get what the big deal is. I mean, why a whole day? You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's not like the Christopher Columbus or Al Roker. Can you name me one mother that discovered America or invented weather? Huh? You can't, can you? Because there is no mother that did that, okay? That's all I'm saying. What is the big deal? Why don't I have a day, okay? I just look at what the big dealio is, that's all. What's the dealio? Yeah. Because she took care of you. She blew your nose, she wiped your bottom, she kissed your boo-boos, and every time you looked at her and said, Hey, Mom, watch this, watch what I can do, look at me! She looked every time, no matter what goofy thing you were doing, and you know you did some goofy things. Why does she get a day? Because she gave birth to you! And through all the pain and the tears, she still loved you! She loved you! You're unlovable! That's why she gets a day. You're right! You are so right! You're right! I need to call my mom. Can you give me a minute? Get out. Get out. Okay. Okay. I'm coming, Mama. I'm coming, Mama. I'm coming. Mama. All right. Well, welcome, everybody. My name is Jacob Herringer. I'm one of the elders here. So good to see uh, so many of you uh, this morning. We also want to welcome those of you who are joining us online. 
Um, we obviously encourage those of you who are joining us online, if you can make it here, to make it here. Uh, we believe that fellowship is so very important, and so it's so great to see so many of you uh, here this morning. So just a few announcements, actually quite a few announcements. Uh, I'll try to go through them relatively quickly. There are yellow sheets um, right behind the double doors in the welcome, at the welcome desk or on the table out in the lobby. If you have a prayer request, an address change, if you're new here, if you want to meet with a pastor... If you want to meet with a pastor, uh, fill out one of those yellow sheets and you can put it in the offering box, which is right between the double doors. You can also obviously put your offering in that box as, as well. Okay, uh, nursery ministry is looking for some volunteers. Uh, it's during the Sunday school time from 1045 to 1145 on Sundays. If you're interested, you can contact Elizabeth Bukestead. She organizes that. Um, or you can contact the church office if you need her number. Uh, Maranatha Community Gardens are coming in late May here. Andre uh, Abraham has volunteered to be in charge of that. So if you have any questions about that or if you'd like a plot, please let Andre know or call the church office. Uh, Men on a Mission. This is, a, this is one that just came through. Ben Bay is, um, uh, ben Bay is leading a trip through, uh, to Baltimore, uh, Maryland, June 11th through the 17th to construct a church. Uh, I think, uh, from what I understand, you'll join other volunteers there. Uh, you do not need construction experience, but you can uh, plan on an amazing time of working with men from around the country. Cost is $250 a person. How, however, it'll be around $500. It'll be around $500 uh, tr- uh, total for the trip. You can contact Ben Bay, um, uh, and his number, I think, is... Uh, well, the, you can contact the church office, and they can get you in touch with Ben Bay. Uh, if uh, you would like to participate in that. So one thing, uh, this last announcement is from the elders. We, uh, in January, or I guess probably in, in December, we had said we were going to switch, go to one service and do adult discipleship groups. And one of the reasons we wanted to do that was to connect uh, you guys to each other, build, hopefully build some new relationships and new fellowship. Uh, and also to draw our congregation closer to God. That was kind of our two big goals that we wanted to do that in. And we have just been thrilled with uh, all of you who have participated in those groups, new relationships that have been formed. Uh, It has been such a joy for us as elders to see uh, that happen within our church body. And so we are so excited about that. On the uh, survey that was filled out last week, 85% of the people who responded said they met new people and 82% said they grew in their knowledge of scripture, uh, which just warms our hearts to know that um, that, that, is, that has been happening. We also said at that time it was going to be for a season. We weren't sure how long that season would be, if it would be forever, if it would be for just a few months. Um, and so what we as, as elders have decided to do is to, in the fall, move back to two services. Um, so part of me is disappointed because I love seeing all of you here together. It's so wonderful to see the church full and, and to listen to the worship and, and to worship with you. Um, but we've decided just because of numbers, it's probably going to be best for us to move uh, back to two services in the fall. We haven't quite worked out the logistics of when those services will be. We are very dedicated to continuing the adult discipleship groups, even within the structure of having two services. Um, so we still have to work out those final details. We will have one service through the summer, along with, I think it's June 4th or 11th, we'll be starting our last 10 weeks of, uh, of adult discipleship groups. And in the summer, it's probably going to be a little different. There's probably not going to be as many. There's maybe going to be two or three. Um, 
to participate in during the summer, and we took all the responses uh, from what people wanted uh, or what they were desiring in those adult discipleship groups, and we'll have some announcements uh, soon about what those groups will be. Um, The last thing I just wanted to say is thank you to all of you. I know that change can be very hard. It can be hard to do something new. It It can be hard to have a different schedule on Sundays, Um, And so I I thank you for your willingness to participate, to do it without uh, much grumbling or complaining. Uh, And so that's also been a joy for us to just see the uh, willingness of each of you to participate in that. And to those who uh, have struggled with this and have voiced your concerns, I also want to thank you. So many of you that have had concerns, which hasn't been a lot, but there have been some that have had some concerns. You've done it in a gracious uh, and loving manner that you've expressed those to us. And so I thank you for that as well. Uh, And so with that, I'm going to call up Pastor Aaron. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, Today we get to do one of my favorite things. Um, We call it not a child dedication or a parent dedication, but a family dedication. So I'm going to ask... Uh, If Eli Michael would bring his parents on stage, please. Um, Just some things uh, for uh, for dedication at Maranatha. We believe um, this act of dedication does not impart the forgiveness of sins. It is in no way saving him, but it is a commitment by the parents and by us as the church body to commit to uh, raise a child, hopefully in the ways that he should go. And so when he is old, he will not... I believe Michael has some uh, scripture to read. Uh, This is from Isaiah 119, verses 33 through 37. Uh, Teach me, Lord, the way of your decrees, that I may follow it to the end. Give me understanding so that I may keep your law and obey it with all my heart. Direct me in the path of your commands, for there I find delight. Turn my heart toward your statutes and not toward selfish gain. Turn my eyes away from worthless things. Preserve my life according to your word. Thank you, Michael. Michael and Kimberly, you have brought Eli, Michael, before us today to publicly dedicate him to the Lord. I will have a series of questions to ask you. Uh, Please affirm your desires by answering each of them with, we will. Will you commit before God and these people to train Eli in the ways of the Lord? Will you accept your God-given responsibility to raise Eli in a Christ-centered home? And will you love Eli unconditionally as the Lord loves you? And will you involve him in fellowship with the body of Christ in the local church? Now, Pastor Cody has some commitments for us as a church body. We as a church are excited when parents say, this is what we want to do. We want to commit our child to the Lord, but we also have a part of that as a church body. So I've got a couple questions for you as a church body. If you could answer this with, we will. Do you as a church commit to supporting Michael and Kimberly in training of Eli? We will. Will you commit and come beside them, encourage them as their role as parents? And lastly, will you help them in every possible way as a church to see that Eli comes to know the love of God and the love of our church body. Well, this time we want to pray. In fact, what I want to do is we've got grandparents with us as Deacon's already been waving to them. So if you guys want to come up, let's pray over this. We're glad that some of you even came. If you've got family members from Minnesota, come on up. We want to pray over 
Eli here, and let's take a moment and pray. Let's thank all the grandparents that have come and their role also. All right, join us in prayer. Father God, we thank you so much for your love and grace and how you've designed the family to be a a reflection of your great love. I pray for Michael and Kimberly that you just be with them. Guide them. May they be just reliant upon you. And when they don't feel strong, that will be good. Because in that time, may they be dependent on you as they raise their children. We pray a blessing over Eli. May your face face truly shine upon him. We pray for their family, the grandparents and, and aunts and uncles and all that are involved. May they be a part of just loving these two little ones. We thank you so much for the gift of life. Lord, we also as a church family commit to doing all that we can, either as Sunday school teachers, helping in Awana, even those who are on the buildings and grounds crew as we get the building ready for having children come here to learn about you through VBS and all that we have. We pray that he would grow strong in the Lord and the power of his might, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let's thank the Lord. Awesome. What a beautiful day to do this on Mother's Day. Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Cody. I'm one of the pastors here. And I just want you to know, I've, I've got a picture here. I think I got the, oh, I hope I got that picture to you this week. It's been, uh, I got it earlier this week. Um, in my desk, I have a special drawer. It's my second drawer down where I keep a variety of letters and thank yous that have been given to me that I've received. And many of these have meant a joy to my heart. So I just kind of pile them in there and I just keep them. I keep them for if I ever have a bad day and I I need encouragement, um, ultimately I go to the Word of God. But if I ever need, if I ever feel like no one likes me, I'll just open this drawer. I'm like, oh yeah, people do like me. I I often don't have those days. In fact, uh, honestly, I'm very blessed where I've never had to open that door and go, okay, I need this here. But through this, it's been a blessing to have this drawer. These are cards, I think, the complaint ones, they go to the trash, just kidding, just kidding, that's right next to the drawer there. And many of these are from you personally. So I thank you for these kind of letters and cards. And today, we're going to look at one of the greatest type of thank you letters ever written that will encourage us. And kind of here's my summary. We will be encouraged to be regular in prayer and gratitude, letting God and others know the gratitude that we have in our hearts. And that's what today's little passage will be about in Philippians. So let's pray before we get into the Word of God this morning. Join me in prayer. Father, we do thank you for all the many blessings that we have in life. We thank you for the many gifts that you give us. We thank you for our families, for our mothers. And I ask today as we look at this passage that you would churn in our hearts, cultivate within our hearts, break open that soil so that we can be more grateful and thankful to you and to others. 
This we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, grab your Bibles and go to the book of Philippians. We are beginning this series in Philippians. Philippians chapter 1. And as you're turning there, I've got a question for you. If you were in a bad situation and you needed help, you needed to let your friends know or your family know, or those who have resources to help you, what, what, what would you ask for? What would you write for? For instance, if you were in prison, what would you begin with? Would you say something like, please send food, right? Please send Doritos. Please send my favorite pizza. I'm in prison. This food isn't as good as it should be. Or if you were in prison, would you say, send a metal file? Send a key. Do you know David Copperfield? Send him my way. Maybe he's old school. I don't know who the new magician is out there now or the illusionist. Or send me the Monopoly get out of jail free little card. Or maybe I'm here for a long time, so send me a million pages word puzzle search book. I'll be here for a long time. Let's see what Paul does. As you recall from last week, after his third missionary journey, going up to this area, he was collecting finances to help the poor churches in Jerusalem. And the Jewish people who were not Christians did not like that. And the Roman government got involved, and he is in prison. Let's look at these few verses, Philippians chapter 1, 3 through 8. Please help me, I'm in prison. Woe is me. Life stinks right now. Oh, I'm not reading the Bible. Maybe that's how we would feel. Listen to these words. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart, whether I'm in chains or defending and confirming in the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. Verse 8, God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. So again, here is my quick little summary of these verses. Be regular in prayer and gratitude, letting God and others know. In fact, when I went through this, as you know, I, I like to translate this and work through this passage. I was working on this, and I realized the phrase all or all of you shows up six times. And this is the beginning of a prayer. So this is kind of what I call the setup for prayer. He's not praying yet. That's going to be next week. We'll look into that. But this is the setup for prayer. And what is prayer? We'll talk about again this a little bit more next week. Prayer is an intimate response to God's character with dependence on his will, knowing he powerfully works through Christ by the Spirit. 
And there's different types of prayers. There's intercession, there's requests, there's confession, there's adoration, there's thanksgiving that he gives and we can have. So Paul is about to give this great prayer in the beginning of his letter for the Philippians. And before he gives us this prayer found in verses 9 through 11, he gives a setup, a reason, a basis for why he's going to say this great prayer that we will look at next week. So here's the setup for prayer, this specific prayer. It is a thankful heart. Thanksgiving is the main verb. In fact, when I worked on this passage here, Thanksgiving, when he begins, Thanksgiving's this main verb that drives the rest of the passage in this section and his prayer. So how can he start with such words being in the situation he's at? I mean, if I was in a situation again, if I was in prison, I'd be like, I want better food, I want something to do, but he begins with thanksgiving. His prayer, as we see in this section here, flows out of four reasons, four basis of why he is thankful. So I'm going to cover those four things here now. In this specific prayer, not in all prayers that we may have, but in this specific prayer, it begins with a deep gratitude towards God and the people. In fact, all of, God, all of Paul's prayers, I've been working through, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to look at all of Paul's prayers. How is this one different from the other ones that he writes? But in all of Paul's prayers, there is always thanksgiving towards God. There's always thanksgiving towards God. And notice it's not just a general, thank you God, it's been a good day. But there's this expression of personal relationship. I thank my God. It's this personal relationship that he has. Not only is God the only God, but he's also this personal God that has saved Paul. I can't wait to get to chapter 2 to talk about his transformation when the gospel met him. He comes to God by saying, I thank my God. And notice it's not just a general thanksgiving to God for them, but upon every remembrance. In fact, in verse 4, all shows up three times. For all of you, all, these people that have supported him are always on his mind. So he's thankful to God and thankful for who God has put in his life. And we realize that thankfulness is a habit for Paul. It's not just like, okay, now it's a bad day. I need to be thankful. Pull up my drawer. Look at all my letters. Okay, I'm thankful. He's got the habit of thankfulness all the time. Secondly, this prayer begins with having deep relationships. One thing that we can notice out of this, and when I was working on this passage, I noticed words that express relationship. Look at some of the words here. Joy. It's not just like, hey, you're my acquaintance, you're a church that I, I care for and you love me, but there's joy. 
He says, to feel, it's good for me to feel this way. You're in my heart. I long for you. And I have affections. He has deep affections for them. In fact, this word affections, when we think, we think of maybe like hearts and stuff. In fact, I sent a text to someone this past week, and uh, they sent red hearts back to me. And I was like, oh, they're, you know, they're very grateful for the text I sent them. But this word here, affections, means your guts, your innards. Because in this time period, their understanding, yeah, they talk about the heart, which is important, but then when they wanted to express affections, they said, let's talk about guts, which wouldn't be for us today, right? But when you get emotional, your guts churn, or when you're just like, I remember the day I was going to propose to my wife. Woo! My guts were just like cuckoo, you know, like, oh, my affections were real. Paul is writing to people he loved. And I love these words, joy, to feel, in my heart, I long for you, affections. In fact, it's interesting, when I was working, some of you joined us last week where we did our spiritual advance directives. We had time to kind of think through, if the time comes when the Lord takes you home and you die, here's some things you can think about and maybe write down. And a lot of this was spurred on as we went through Jesus. He kind of laid stuff, some stuff out for his disciples going, guess what? I'm soon going to be gone. So he was laying stuff out for them to be ready. They weren't ready. They weren't getting it. So last week we wrote some stuff down and I was like, all right, I'm going to work on some stuff. And I remember going, okay, who would I like to share at my funeral? I was like, wow, okay. And I started writing some people down. And who could be the pallbearers? I'm like, oh, I never, I, I mean, I've done funerals all the time. I never thought of thinking about my own. I was like, well, I've got family members. I've got my friends from high school. And I started writing a list. And I was like, well, there's too many people for that. But as I wrote the list down, here's what I realized. The day that my funeral happens, whenever that happens, unfortunately, I will not be there in person because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I'll be in a greater place. But all the people that I love, that I have affections for, I won't be able to express. In fact, I realize, like, well, I'll probably have Tim, Will, and Mike. They're going to be a part of it somehow. They're my high school friends. And I don't, but I was like, wow, these are people I have affections for. These are my best friends from high school. Having deep relationships. Prayer here, Paul has, before he begins his prayer, he expresses his deep relationship to them. Third, this prayer begins with deep partnership in the gospel. He's not just saying some kind of prayer, hey, thanks for my friends, you guys are great, but he's also reflecting on his partnership with them in the gospel. And there's a special word here for partnership called koinia. And we're going to use this word we're going to talk about this word because it's a very, very important word in Christian fellowship. And we'll discuss this word in the beginning of chapter 2. He talks about that. We're going to deal with that probably a whole sermon just on that word alone. The reason for his joy is this enduring nature of their partnership, their fellowship with the gospel. 
And we'll look more at that when we get to chapter 2. He has great remembrance of this past participation when he shared the gospel with them the first journey. And then the next time he was up there gathering funds to support the churches in Jerusalem, he remembers the partnership and getting the gospel message out. So a deep partnership in the gospel. Now the fourth reason is I want... I want to take time on this one. We're going to end with this fourth one and talk about this last point. This is very important. Prayer begins with the deep confidence in God's character and work from beginning to the end. Again, prayer is based upon our confidence, not in how much I can pray and try to conjure up, you know, whatever I want done, but my confidence is in the character of God and His work from beginning to end. So look at this. It says in there, your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident that, of this, that He who began a good work will carry it out to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. From the first day, now, until that final day. Or it's like this. God will accomplish his work in us, that sanctification, and his work mission-wise, right? Or you can say it this way. God will continue to work personally and Corporately, And I think that's what this verse is talking about here, this section here. Paul's saying, you know what? God's going to work in you personally. He's been doing that from the first day now to the end. But also corporately, his mission out there. God works from the beginning to the end. Ultimately, it's not up to us. Praise God. Amen? It's not up to me to do the work of God. It's ultimately him. From now until that final day, God is at work. Which is a good thing, because guess what? I would mess it up, right? We would mess it up. Even though it's God's work, and we'll see this in chapter 2, we still are called to holiness, sanctification. So let's look at these three aspects from the first day now until the day of Christ Jesus. God begins his work. And what I want to do is I want to look at it in a couple aspects where it's personally, and he'll talk about his own work where God was working there, and then corporately for them doing the mission of God. And I'm also going to throw in my story a little bit about personally. So personally, if you recall again, to understand the setting and the situation of Philippians, we looked at Acts at the end of 15, 16, 17, and 18. That's the story of Paul's second missionary journey. We did that last week. Acts 15, verse 13 and 14 says this. On the Sabbath, we went outside of the city gate of Philippi to the river where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the women who gathered there. One of those listening was a woman from the city named, she, her name was Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. She was a worshiper of God. 
the Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message of the gospel. So that first day, he's thinking about, yeah, Lydia, when you trusted Christ, when you finally realized what was happening from the Old Testament, you were a worshiper of God and now saw the beauty of Jesus and God was working your heart. What a beautiful aspect from that first day, the work of salvation in an individual's life. So he's thinking personally, I believe, there too. For Cody personally, I grew up in a family. I was adopted. My mother couldn't have kids, so they're like, let's adopt two kids. You got Cody and Jeffy. In fact, I was told when Jeffy came to the house, Jeffy was crying like little ones do once in a while, and I yelled out, what are we going to do with this kid? That's what my mom said. I said. Grew up in a family. My father worked in Hartford, Wisconsin, had a factory, forklift driver, and the people below us in the apartment were the Tapias, Hector and Maria. And they invited my parents to church. So my parents started going to First Baptist Church in Hartford. And when I was seven years old, after years of being at that church, the Spirit started working in my heart. And back in the old day, if you were a Sunday school teacher, flannel graph, remember those things? Okay. Eager Beaver, I just, I don't know how to remember this, but Eager Beaver laid out the plan of salvation for me. And you know, the, the, Mrs. Gibson laid it out, and I was like, oh! God worked in my heart. On March 16, 1977, I trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior. I realized I could not do it. And the early years of my growth in Christ was beautiful. And some of you have those same stories, Amen. Paul's also talking corporately here. The missionary work that started, and, and I'm excited as we go through this, I'm excited that God providentially has it where the next couple months we're going to have missionary after missionary joining us, and we're going to see that this letter here that he writes is like a missionary thank you letter, and we're going to hear from our different missionaries. In Acts 17, Paul and Silas went to Thessalonica, and they were able to go because of the financial support of those in Philippi and the Philippians were able to give them support so they could go on this trip. So this church was a part of the beginning of the gospel missionary work in Europe to advance the gospel. And that's the beginning. They were truly partners from the beginning of the missionary work in the area. In fact, Philippians chapter 4, 15 and 16 says this, Moreover, you, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, for even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. So he's thanking them for that beginning work. The second part. God began his work and continues to do his work in the now. That's what he says. From that first day until now. Personally, Paul is, includes them in this personal struggle he's in. I'm in chains, defending, confirming the gospel, he says. All of you share in God's grace with me. Even though I'm personally dealing with this right now, you guys are sharing this with me. And I love that. For me personally, 
I grew up in the church. And I loved the Lord. But unfortunately, at times, I decided to do it in my own way. And my dad and mom wondered if I would ever make it in my, and I could tell my dad struggled through it because I was like this unconventional Christian. I ditched the King James and went through the NIV. I had long hair. Oh, that was bad. When I was a little kid, I went to a school. If your hair was touching your collar, you'd get a demerit. I had this long, beautiful, flowing hair. I listened to Christian rock and roll. And my dad wondered, this unconventional Christianity, will my son survive? For harder was my brother. He fell into sin. Drinking, drugs, women, just fell into it all after my parents' divorce. At times in my struggles, though, I am very grateful that I had my youth pastor, Bob Lanz, and other men and women come beside me and help me and encourage me. God was working in the now. Corporately, quickly here, we'll see that in verse 9, that he prays for their spiritual growth in the now. And they stood with him, supported him, and they will corporately be together working. And we'll see this more as we get to the prayer. The last part, the future. God began his work, and it continues to the now, and will carry it on to its completion and glorious end. Amen? Personally. We know that God is going to work in our lives. And Paul, I love just reading about this concept of sanctification, this, our growth in Christ, being more like Christ. And Paul has some of the greatest writings on that. To the individuals, he's talking about them, about bearing fruit of righteousness as they stand before the Lord, verse 11. So he's praying that in the future, more and more, the fruit of righteousness, that they'll be humble and caring for one another. We'll see this in chapter 2. Personally for me, am I going to make it to the end? For me, spiritually, this is a phrase I, I... Heard from an old DeGarmo and Key songs. You don't even know who that is, some Christian rock and roll band. They had this phrase, you're a long distance runner. And when I was in high school, I remembered, I was like, I'm kind of like a spiritual long distance runner. Yes, it's not my own strength, but that's what I've realized. Well, I can carry on, but I tell you what, I cannot do it on my own. That's why 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8, the last four years, has been one of my favorite verses. It says, the Lord sustains us. Amen? He's the one that sustains us. He strengthens us. This is about God and his character more than us. Will we make it? God will be faithful. I'm confident that he who began a good work in you will be faithful to bring it to completion. Because God will preserve us, I believe, in the end, we will endure in that faith. Upcoming prayer, Paul desires for their spiritual growth in the Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee. Again, the Holy Spirit is that guarantee. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 
13 and 14. He's the guarantee. We are sealed in the Spirit until the day of redemption. Not only has God began the work that first day, and he continues it now, he's the one that completes the great work and his great mission. God is faithful to sustain and establish us in our relationship with him as he supplies our every need. He who began a good work and you will bring it to completion. The day of Christ Jesus. Whatever God starts, he will finish. Amen? God will complete his work. So let me end with some application for you on this section here. Looking at my summary again, be regular in prayer and gratitude, letting God and others know. Here's a few things I want you to think about. Don't wait to thank God. My prayer is that Thanksgiving will be a habit. They say that if you do something for 21 days, it becomes a habit. My encouragement for you is this. Either in the morning or at night, write down things you are thankful for. As you know, I'm a law enforcement chaplain, and I've been hanging out with some more um, law enforcement within the state, and, and one, one of the, the troopers has complained to me about a year ago. They said, we got one chaplain. I'm like, well, is it me? We got one chaplain who every day sends us an email, three things I'm thankful for. A year ago when that trooper told me that, the next week I started getting those every day also. And I was like, oh, guess what? I got them too. But then I realized how important it is to be thankful every, every day. So I'm very grateful for Mark Clements who sends this little email every day. One day it's like, I'm thankful I got ice cream. Oh, yeah, that's a good thing. Very simple thing. So here's my challenge to you. I ask you, this next month, whether in the morning to help start your day off right, or maybe at night so you're not so worried and so anxious about all that's going on, write out things that you're thankful to God. Say, God, thank you for this. Thank you for this. Can you imagine going to bed being thankful? How that could change things for you. Be thankful to God. Lastly here, and I've got a couple things to say about this, don't wait to thank others. Don't wait to thank others. One thing that I've noticed about myself that I'm not the best at is I'm good at thanking people face-to-face, but I'm not good at writing it down in either, like, my drawer of thank you cards and notes. I don't write that out to people and send that to people. I should do that more often. I need to thank people more. So let me begin by thanking all of you. I brag about our church all the time. Maybe not to other pastors, because then it would be hard for them to hear how blessed I am as a pastor. But we, pastors, are so blessed by you. That drawer is full of letters and notes and personal things you've written to me, and I thank you. I thank you how supportive you've been to me this last month. We, as pastors, thank you for all that you do for us. And I'm so grateful for that. 
I'm thankful for my friends. Last week when I was writing all my friends down, Tim, Mike, and Will, I'm like, these guys are my best friends. Oh, yeah, I can't. And I'm like, wait a second. If that ever happens, I'll be dead. I won't be at my funeral pop and go, thank you. That make everyone pass out. You know, it just doesn't work that way. I realized I need to this summer. I'm going to take a vacation day and just go find them and thank them. Thank them for the friendship. Thank them for their Christian brotherhood. We, we were crazy. We all had long hair and listened to Christian rock and roll. That, you know, I don't know about that kind of Christianity. But we made it. And we love the Lord. I need to personally thank them for their friendship. Don't wait until the funeral, your funeral, to have your friends find out how much you cared for them. Thank them now, right? Go find someone to thank. And I would encourage you this next month, write down three things that you're thankful for in the morning or at night. And I would encourage you to find three people that you're very thankful for and say, guess what? Your favorite place is Taco Bell. Let's go to Taco Bell. I'm thankful for you. And they're like, this is great. Get the fire sauce. It's the best kind of sauce out there. Be thankful and express that to them. Two more things. It's Mother's Day. Thank your mother today if you can. I know some of you are unable to. In fact, some mothers are in nursing homes and they're, they have dementia. You, you will be unable to, they may not be able to comprehend it, but I would ask you to just thank them if you can. Maybe your mother's in a different state you're unable to, but you can call them. Maybe it's possible that your mother is deceased. You can still thank God for your mother. There's no perfect mom on this planet or father. We only have one perfect father. Still thank your mom today. I encourage you. And lastly, because we're going to be dealing with this a lot as we go through Philippians, this month, handwrite, you know what that's like, right? Handwrite a thank you letter to one of the missionary friends that you know personally. If you don't know any missionaries, we have a list of them on the wall over there. Thank them. Write them a letter, snail mail it. Whoever thought that would be a phrase, but put a stamp on it. You don't have to lick it anymore. Now there's a I tried licking one recently. I was like, oh, you don't have to do that anymore. Put it in the mail. Thank a missionary. In fact, in closing, we're going to hear and see a little video from Emily, one of our missionaries. Then the worship team's going to come up and close us in song. Yes. That was great. Right now, I work in media marketing, um, and I work with another team in communications, and 
Our goal is to be the face. Hi, my name is Emily. Hey, hello, my name is Jose. And we are missionaries with YWAM Mazatlan. Right now, I work in media marketing, um, and I work with another team in communications, and our goal is to be the face of the YWAM base. My main job is managing social media platforms, so making sure that the content that we create to represent the base is posted and shared and people can see it and know what's going on with our campus. Uh, I'm working with Y1 Ships where the focus is Homes of Hopes and, and basically it's uh, building houses for Mexican families are in a really bad position like uh, single moms or grandfathers are really alone and these people have a, a house he's making with piece of wood or sometimes with the the bots the cardboard boxes ca cardboard bots he's found and just mm -hmm. try making a walls and some roof and and the team for homes of hope are going to building houses for for these families and change his life because sometimes you can see kids uh grow up and sleeping in a really bad places and area and it's amazing seeing how god changed that really fast and change the future for these kids and or if it's for the grandfathers making these people can I sleep good and don't worry for something bad happen. Both of us are invested in a skate and surf ministry with the YWAM base. Um, a friend of mine and I we started kind of an art ministry within the skate ministry so some of the skaters will bring us their old broken skateboards that they don't use anymore and we will paint prophetic pieces on the boards for them and give it back to them and you know explain what it means what we've painted how god is speaking through that art um, and it's been a really cool way to see how god is moving through art and speaking to these skaters and um, how god reveals himself through art um, so it's been a huge blessing being able to do that. And right now I have the opportunity for be the leader of the of the skate ministry with another friend. I am a fruit for the skate ministry. Mm -hmm. God met me at the skate park mm -hmm. and he changed my whole life. Because before I'm I'm never thinking if if I have a relationship with God, but that changed my whole life. And now I'm keep doing the, the ministry. And it's every Thursday, go to the skate park, skate with the guys, pass some time, asking how are you, what's happening in your life, how's your week. And after pass like an hour with all these guys, everybody start like, hey, is the preacher gonna start, join with us. And the, the whole park all stop mm -hmm. and everybody meet for listen, the preacher, somebody for the team have. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing seeing how this minister working for a long time because right now I'm starting the 2000 seats and it's still running through different leaders and it's a lot through, through this ministry so many people give his life to God and the skaters start a relationship with him and it's be cool to see how God moved with the skaters and with the surf too the kids are coming with surfing with us and past time with the kids and normally it's our kids living in a really 
uh, dangerous neighborhoods with a lot of drugs and prostitution and stuff like that. So it's it's really good to take off the kids for that area and put in a in a safe place with guys. So something cool that we are doing next week Tuesday is we are traveling to Canada to visit another skate ministry that has come here in the past and invested in Remnant and in the base. So we're gonna go over there, meet with them, check up on them, see how they're doing. And yeah, it'll be a really fun time for us. We're really excited. And when both are back to Mazatlan, they bring our, our back with us for uh, these people. Can I pass time with us, working with us, uh, keep preach to the skaters and, and have some fun with the whole team. And these people bring some skaters are no actually Christian right now, but uh, I hope so God impact his life in these trips. See how God have a purpose for these people and, and a better life for these, these guys. We just want to say thank you for taking some time to listen to our story, um, listen to what we've been up to, what we're doing here. Um, yeah, we appreciate any prayers. Thank you guys for be praying for us. and and partner with us and yeah, I'm really happy and feel really blessed for that. Thank you, thank you so much mm -hmm. from us in Mazatlan. And if you don't understand something from my English, sorry, it's not my first language, but I try to do my best. Mm -hmm. Alright, bye guys. <laughs>